The Bar Star Podcast is a show full of stories, opinions, and sarcasm. Hosted by a working musician based in Louisville, Kentucky. Wait a second. This guy knows he's a drummer, right? Not an actual musician? Why would anybody want to... Never mind. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Bar Star Podcast. I am your host, Stephen O'Reilly. I want to thank you guys once again for hanging out with me, for checking out the show. I see a lot of you have been giving me some ratings and I appreciate it. Keep them coming. It just helps people find the show. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody had a good week. And as always, I hope you guys went out and did some shit. Make sure you check out my sponsor, Prophecy Inc., Go by the shop, see any one of their amazing artists, mention the Bar Star podcast, and you will get 10% off of your tattoo from any artist in the shop, not just Travis. I had a fantastic week, but I'm not flying solo today. I am hanging out with my buddy, whose name you're probably going to pronounce wrong, and we'll talk about that. One of the amazing bartenders from the now gone Phoenix Hill. No sad face, it's fine. <laughs> Life happens, dear. It's fine. I'm hanging out with my buddy, Robin. How are you, dear? I'm well. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you for asking. Thanks for coming by. No problem. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you kind of hit me up on Facebook with this wacky idea. I did. And it's a great idea. It is. It could be a really great idea. Or this show could suck. It totally could suck. I don't think it's going to. You never know. Nah, we both know it's not going (laughs) to suck. But it's still funny to think that it could. Right. So let's get the elephant out of the room. Okay. Your name is pronounced Robin. Robin. There wow. are people <laughs> <laughs> who will tell you otherwise. Carl Stuck pronounces it Robin. But he gets a pass. He gets a pass. It's okay. With him only, though. Not just him. There's a few others. Um, Mostly because they've been calling me Robin for so long, I don't know how to tell them now that that's not my name. <laughs> like um, <laughs> Ben Rogers, that owned Phoenix Hill and Jim Porter's, yep. has I'm pretty sure no idea that my name is not pronounced Robin, and I just never had the heart to tell him. That's okay. Yeah, he's kind of an exception to the rule. He is. He can kind of do what the hell he yeah, wants. Yeah, I love that man. Well, he can especially do what the hell he wants now, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, it is definitely Robin and not Robin. Okay. But. So I'm just gonna call you Robbie. Fuck you it. can call me Robbie. <laughs> my sister calls me Robbie. Does that she? is totally fine. Nice. Uh, Rob and Robbie and like my little minions that I nanny have different names for me so. well they're definitely allowed mm-hmm. but see i get the name thing because in case my friends forget the fucking n on my name leave that there <laughs> um so we were going to talk about all kinds of different things and this one may be a little bit more interviewish than some of my other episodes because mm-hmm. i have shit tons of questions for you right <laughs> um and the other thing that I think is amazing is you listen to my show. Yes. So thank you very much. No you, you have been promoting it. I think it's cool. And I appreciate it. Thank you. I think it's cool too. It's a lot of fun. I get, I get to learn shit, which is awesome. 
And I think people are, are enjoying it and getting to know some of the people they knew by proxy. Mm-hmm. And now they're getting a, a different insight on those people. Well, that's why I started listening. And I thought that was a cool aspect. I've got my aspect of the Louisville music. Right. And then, of course, even before I was working at Phoenix Hill, I, I knew a lot of these people. Right. But it's nice now that we're all mostly grown up. Some of us. Somewhat out of the just, <laughs> you know, the bar scene. And now right. we can all hang out and do other things. It's cool to right. get I'm, to know how they all got to where we are now. Right. Remember the life rule. You have to grow old. You don't have to grow up. That is so true. I mean, I'm tattooed white trash who refuses to grow up. <laughs> I don't want it. I'm just kidding. Um, okay. So for... Very, very, very fast refresher. When did Phoenix Hill close? Because you listen to the show enough, you know my memory sucks when it comes to timelines. I don't remember. It was, it was two, three years ago? June of 2015? Yes. Okay. Yes. So this June will be three years? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. I couldn't I remember when, when, I was thinking, when I was thinking about when you were coming over, um, I totally flaked out and forgot to look it up. So I figured I'd just put you on the spot and see if you knew. Yeah, barely. But barely. You, but you passed. But I think I passed. Yeah, I think that's it. Now, that, that sounds about right, because I think in 2015, I had not gone back to mom's yet. And mm-hmm. shortly thereafter, at the end of 2015, I was when I went back to mom's. Um, that's how I... There's certain things that I use in my head to keep... I'm just shitty at timelines. It was brutal when I was writing my book. <laughs> oh my it God, it sucked. I had to Google myself. Yeah. You know it's like to fucking Google yourself? I have Googled myself, but I didn't find anything fun. Aw. Well, that's okay. I'm, you know, it's probably better that way. <laughs> Are you hiding shit? I hope not. Oh. Well, I had to Google myself, and it was fucking weird. There was things that I found that I actually played. There were shows I played. I, I don't remember playing. I opened for Sponge. I still have no recollection of opening for Sponge. I oh, know. Right. <laughs> I know. And I, I actually called a couple people to find out if that was really true. And it was. I opened for Sponge. Cool. I don't remember it. And well, you I know I don't drink. they would all just mesh together, though. They do. They start to mesh together after a while. And, a, and it, on the one hand, it's a really cool problem to have. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, it's kind of sad. Yeah. Because you, I, I, at least for me, I kind of feel like I start to take things for granted and mm-hmm. I never want to do that. Right. So then when I'm, I look and I go... I don't remember fucking doing that. I kind of feel bad. Right. It's not that different for me from bartending. And I'm sure anybody else who worked at Feeding Cell for a length of time can attest to that. Is We would all get really excited because whatever band is coming. And right. we're like fighting over who's going to get to work in the saloon. <laughs> but then we would just get so busy that you can't, can't really enjoy, enjoy the, the show. Right? right. And then I mean, there was at some point I was like, did it? Did Chevelle play? They did. Okay. Did I work that show? <laughs> I mean, you just have no idea. And, and in a place like that, you oftentimes just running to another bar to grab something. Or right. you're like, oh, I've got five seconds. I'm going to go in there and see that band or whatever. So it just all meshes together. And I, you, looking back now, I really wish I had been able to slow down and right. take in a minute a song even. Right. And just stood there. But. You know, obviously I was there for making tips and doing my job, so. Well, yeah, it's it's kind of a, it's one of those things where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. And, and I get that. Now, you and I met, um, obviously we met at Phoenix Hill, 
But if my memory serves me, it was because I was in Heaven Hill, right? Yes. Okay, because you knew all those guys before I moved up here to be their drummer. No. You did not. No. Okay, I'm wrong. I started I love working... it when I'm wrong. <laughs> Actually, I hate it when I'm wrong, but whatever. I started working at Phoenix Hill in 2007, mm-hmm. Derby Weekend of 2007. And... Oh, I'd been up here whopping three months. Right. So, right around then, maybe 2008, I don't remember. Um, probably the end of 2007 because... Probably. February 2007 is when I officially moved here, but my first show... In Louisville was New Year's Eve 2007 at Phoenix Hill. That was the first time I ever even walked in that place. Okay. That makes sense. So I think, did did Heaven Hill play another New Year's Eve show at some point? Like maybe the next year? It doesn't matter. Anyway, I don't think so. I think that's the only New Year's Eve show we did. We used to get super pumped when Heaven Hill was playing because Heaven Hill would bring out everybody in town. And we would make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Plus, obviously, yeah, we, the songs were good. The band we was good. Kind of good. You were kind of a big deal. <laughs> just that's, ask Chuck; he'll tell you. Kind of like that's what I like to say about myself. I'm kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs> well, just ask Chuck; he'll tell you we were a big oh, deal. Oh, I yeah. Let's get the first one out of the way. That's, High five in the microphone. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. Anyway, we really, really enjoyed having Heaven Hill there, and right. I remember. So when I started at Phoenix Hill, I think they just hired me for Derby Weekend. I don't think they expected me to stick around. Right. um, Because most people didn't. And I did. I just Yeah, there was a revolving door of bartenders. Put me on the schedule and they were like, okay. Um, I don't know if you are aware of this, but most bartenders, if we don't know the name of the person, they are whatever they drink. So I was the rum and coke with lime girl. For a good six months after I started working there. (laughs) Because they didn't think that... That I would stick around because I was such a regular there. Right. Because I loved going there to see bands. I loved going to hang out. Um, Wednesday nights were my 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 crowd's thing when right. we would you know we'd go up there. So they didn't expect me to stick it out. So they just called me Rum and Coke with Lime Girl until they eventually <laughs> figured out that I wasn't going anywhere and decided they should call me by my name, um, which is Robin. Which is. Robin. And there are a few other bartenders, Ryan Gates, who will not ever call me Robin. Um, so anyway, we really enjoyed having Heaven Hill up there, mainly because we made a lot of money. But one of my right. big, my first big shifts, Heaven Hill, was in the roof garden. And we were way over capacity for that room. I mean, the capacity was like... Was that one of the shows that we put on where we did the original showcase or whatever? Maybe. And we headlined it. Yes. And the, the only reason I bring that up is because it was a really cool thing that Teague wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I remember we did it two or three times. Two times I know of, but both times they were turning people away at the door. Yes. It, it was over. It was we were way over capacity. Way over capacity. And there's, you know, there's that weird little room between the tap room and the roof garden. It's mm-hmm. called the Slarium. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I mean, people just standing back there and people all through that hallway where the bathrooms were. Mm-hmm. Just so packed. And it was, and I thought, this this is amazing. This is what Louisville is all about mm-hmm. right here. And I get to be a part of it. Nice. And also I made like 400 bucks that night. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. It's always a nice Well, I'll make, I'll make you feel better. I didn't make shit. <laughs> it's an original man. You don't make money in right. those bands. This is true. Um, but no, that that's cool. I, I forgot. See, again, what we were just talking about. I forgot about those showcases till you mm-hmm. just brought it up. Yeah, we, there was a, there was a few nights or a few shows, I should say, because we didn't play there all the time. But um, just with an original band, it's not like the cover world where you're playing constantly. Right. But there were a few shows that we, it was fucking packed. 
Yeah. You couldn't get another person in there with a shoehorn. Oh, no. Just insane. I mean, people standing up on those, uh, the flower beds mm-hmm. that we had back there and standing on the benches. I've got pictures of that. Oh, yeah. I don't remember when the picture was taken, but I remember seeing that. I have it somewhere either on my computer or flash drive of all those people standing on those mm-hmm. on the flower boxes in the one big flower box that used to stick out yeah. halfway between the bar and the stage mm-hmm. that thing was packed with oh, people yeah. it was packed. it was everywhere and this i for so the saloon has a had a larger capacity mm-hmm. but because of the of the width of it it almost wasn't ideal for a situation like that right and that's why those showcases and you guys were up in the roof garden because even though it was a better. It was a better shot. It was a better shot, and the fire marshal says you can fit more people down here. We could actually fit more people upstairs, right. and we would take out the tables and chairs that were normally there because Heaven Hill was coming, and we were just freaking packed. Yeah. And I love. I miss that band. I I miss that band too. I'll just say it. I miss that band. I do too. But I know you listened to Evans's episode, so I did. It was fun. It was fun. Maybe I'll do an episode on how I really was fired. <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> okay. Um, so one of the questions I, I had for you, mm-hmm. and I think you even told me you had some notes. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> um, so we just figured out how long you worked there. So you started in May of 2007. Yes. Um, and then Heaven Hill, as far as a local hero, so to speak, we were gone. Well, I was gone in 2009. The band was done in 2010, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. What other bands, before we get to your notes, because this just popped into my head talking about Heaven Hill, what other bands from here did you just absolutely love when oh. they showed up? Was Cover there a shit ton of or it? original? Either or one, whatever. doesn't matter. So we... I'm not as, a snob. As employees there, always had the bands that we like to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they it's because they bring out good crowds, or they're really nice, or both. Right. Um, one of them, Stone the Crow. Do you right. know them? Yeah, yeah. Super, super nice guys. Super nice guys. They were almost always in the tap room. Mm-hmm. They eventually graduated from the tap room and went to the roof garden because they were bringing out a larger crowd. Right. And their crowd, almost all of them were from E-Town. Like all those guys, are, I think, were from E-Town or something. Super, super nice guys. The crowd was always super nice. They always tipped well, which, of course, as bartenders were like... Well, of course. You no, know, but we just had a good time with them. And I... I remember switching so I could be in the tap room just so Whenever I could they have. Were playing. Yeah, it was it was an easy night. It was busy but easy. Right. Um. And you know the tap room bartender is always by themselves in there. Right. And I just I just enjoyed them a lot. Obviously Jefferson Tark Bus always a good time. Never heard of them. I know. They weren't they weren't like that big of a deal or anything. But you know, we had the insight, so we liked to work with them. Oddly enough, there is a band from Cincinnati mm-hmm. that came a few times, and unfortunately, because they were an out-of-town band, they never drew a big crowd, and it was sad, so they stopped coming. Um, they were called Swimsuit Models, and they are awesome. Um, I was trying to think. The only Cincinnati band, I, I've never heard of Swimsuit Models, but I, there was a Cincinnati band called uh, Naked Karate Girls. I don't know them. They're a lot of fun. Really? They do a lot of wacky shit. Do you know Craig Brumfield? I know the name. 
Craig played with the swimsuit models. I'm not sure how he got hooked up with them. I don't know if he's from Cincinnati and them transplanted here or right. vice versa. But he would always play with them too. Oh, gotcha. I enjoyed having them, but again, because they were an out of town band, they didn't draw well. Right. So the they, locals didn't know. Right. They quit coming. So they eventually got. It was sad, yeah. um, and it was them. They decided not to come anymore. But I get it. But I enjoyed working with them. Oh yeah, out of town shows are always interesting. Well, again, whether you're doing covers or originals, it doesn't matter. Um, but out of town shows are always interesting. It's. It's really fucking hit or miss. Yeah. You just have no clue what's going to happen. You, you got to go, take the risk. and Yeah, you got to take the risk. I mean, you never know until you go. Um, most of the out-of-town stuff I've done is, was all with original bands, um, with Heaven Hill mostly, as far as Louisville's concerned. Um, and we, we had pretty good luck out-of-town, mm-hmm. but we were kind of smart about it. We tried to hook up with bands we knew that would draw right. and shit like that. Um, but, that, sorry, that's a whole other I think that's easier story. with Facebook. No, it is. It is. It's much easier. A lot easier than you can. And here's, I'm going to make you feel old because I already know I'm older than you, so whatever. When Heaven Hill was doing its thing, we were still using MySpace. Oh, Lord. How does that make you feel? Mm, MySpace. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that was good times. (laughs) I call, there's a a chapter in the book where I, I kind of start the chapter talking about how different things are now than they were then. In in the book, I called MySpace a glittery shithole time suck. Yeah. That <laughs> Remember the right. fucking glitter? Oh, Everybody yeah. had the sparkles on their pages. Of course I had that. Stop, because now the shit won't load. <laughs> <laughs> I had like all the super dramatic like music pages with uh, the yeah. popping red roses on it. Yep. That was cool. Oh, uh, yeah. In 2000. They Five. somebody figured out how to take airbrush and make it glitter and yep. made a MySpace background. Mm-hmm. And that dude's living on a beach laughing his ass off at the rest of us. Fucker. I know, right? Damn. Okay, back to your notes, because that's where we're starting. Okay. Let me take a look. Let's see what you got. And why it was you... mostly notes of like for when you ask me questions. I did. I I and I, I will totally Yeah, there's nothing on there that's super important. <laughs> I will totally call you out. Call myself out, excuse me. I this one I had to email you some questions because there was some interesting stuff that I wanted to know. Okay. And you do not have to throw anybody under the bus if you do not want to. I, on the other hand, will because <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Uh who was the worst band you had to deal with? Oh man. Wait, pause. Before you answer that question, we were talking about this before we started recording. Yeah. Some people actually thought you were in management and you were not. Yes. Okay. So you didn't have, there was certain bands you just couldn't or didn't have to deal with because you weren't in management. Correct. But a lot of times you were the opening bartender. Right. So you were there first. So that's where I got that question from as far as who you had to deal with when you were there before the Phoenix Hill opened for the night or whatever. Right. Okay. So back to the question. I... This is Honestly, another episode where I wish so I had a camera. Hard. Your face right I know, now is it's awesome. It's so hard. <laughs> Honestly, most of the local musicians were always really nice because they were there all the time. So right. they tried not to act a fool because, <laughs> you know, like Kim would take them off the rotation list in a heartbeat. Right. I mean, right. if she got too many complaints from us or from Frankie and Jeanette and Josh. That was it. They yeah. weren't coming back until they straightened up their act. Right. Now, I will say 
Um, there were some bands. I don't. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. You don't have but to. But it's a little bit funny, but like a little bit not funny. <laughs> but they've all kind of grown up, so it's probably funny now. But five years ago, this may not have been funny. But there were certain people that we had to be prepared to cut them off halfway through the night. Because they would get so intoxicated that they were falling off the drums. I, I'm with you. You don't. I say no. By more. the third set, or loading out and falling off the stage at the end and, of the night. Yeah, and we just didn't want to deal with that. And sometimes it was like midway through the night. Right. So there were certain people that mm-hmm. we knew we had to control their alcohol intake. Mm-hmm. And I can't say how many times because I literally did not count. Somebody would come up. Did and you they just say would... the L word? I did. Sorry. Literally. Literally. High five in a microphone. Yes. Yes. Carry on. Um, we had to be prepared to be like, hey, dude, no more. Right. Or um, no, you cannot buy a shot of Jaeger for the entire band. You can buy a shot of Jaeger for the stinger because he's still okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> we can bet like a Miller Lite for the rest of them. But I really would prefer if you did not take any shots to any of those people at this time. And most people were okay, or they would just go to another bartender right. and get the shots. And it is what it is, but there were people that we did not look forward to having to deal with later on in the night as because much you knew as we where love them go. as people. Right. I think, I know you heard Stacy's episode. She talked about a certain band that I filled in with, and she didn't want to throw them under the bus. And I won't because she asked me not to. Mm-hmm. People have probably already figured it out anyway. But the point I'm getting at is there's, there was a small group for a minute, at least from my perspective because I'm not from here. But there was a small group for a minute. They didn't give a shit about anything but getting fucking plowed. Yes. It's all they cared about. Mm-hmm. And, and I've never really mostly under- for free because the crowd will buy them shots. Right. And I've never really gotten it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it to a point, but I just, I don't really get it. I mean, it's never made a whole lot of sense. I to me. get having fun with your crowd. Right. I get that too. Sure. You're on break. Go ahead and do a shot with those girls because those girls are going to come to your next venue and they are going to support your band. Absolutely. However, you are working. Thank you. You are contracted by that venue. Yep. And you need to act like it. There were bands that. Did not come back anymore because we would not have them because we were not dealing with right their shit the anymore. debauchery yeah. yes absolutely and it's just and I get that it's business right and you know we have to deal with the customers we have mm-hmm. to make sure that those customers aren't driving and getting into a car accident and suing us we don't want to have to babysit the musicians as well no I get it that and makes sense. So there were certain bands that we did not enjoy. Like we were excited because they are good musicians and they played good songs. But somewhere during we're the just night, hoping that maybe we to... get cut so we don't have to be the ones dealing with them paying their tabs or not paying their tabs or having security guys have to take their gear out to the car and then call them a cab because they are too intoxicated to do it. Right. Oh, public service announcement while you it's just popped in my head because I don't drink and you know for a fact I don't drink. Right. Well, I mean I drink sometimes, but I never drink when I play. Mm-hmm. Because I don't drink, pay your tabs, fuckers. Oh my gosh, please pay your tabs. <sighs> Sorry, let's get that out of the way. Okay, let's go to national bands that you had to deal with that were shitty. Okay. Because that's what I really want to know. 
So again, because I wasn't in management, I didn't really have to deal with, um, there was, I don't even know what we called it, but there's sort of a green room that was across the property. Um, next. Oh, we called it the band house. Yes. The band house. That's what I always called it. Cause at the first time I played Phoenix Hill, I had to go over there with heaven Hill and I was like, what the, this place is a band house. This is fucking awesome. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. So there were a few bands, um, that kind of trashed it a little bit or just left trash. I wouldn't say they trashed it. They just weren't respectful of the trash cans that were in there kind of thing. Right. You know, just left all kinds of shit behind or whatever. Wait, you mean musicians are messy? I know, right? (sighs) Who'd have thought? I thought they were totally organized and like... Clean and did their taxes. Turns out most of them don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I didn't have to really deal with that. And I was trying to think of bands because I've heard all the stories from people who worked there longer than I did or the managers who had to deal with that. And I could not think of any that were like super, super bad. But I did think of, um, there was a short time when Fuel had a new singer and they played, I can't remember his name, Torin or something was probably the worst thing that's ever happened to Fuel. Um, Only because he's a D bag. He's a complete douchebag. And I was so excited because Fuel was coming and I was working the show and I love Fuel. Like, I don't even care who knows about that. I love Fuel. I love old school Fuel. I love that band. So I was so excited. Why are you dancing at me right now? Okay, I was yeah. so Just excited they were going. coming. And, and he wasn't a bad singer. He had good stage presence and it was a good show. But he acted like he was God's gift to every Barbie doll that walked in there. And acted like the bar staff was just beneath him. Right. And I don't have respect for that at all. No, I don't I don't either. First of all, as much as I love Phoenix Hill, you are playing at a bar in cool. Louisville, Kentucky. Cool venue. A cool venue. Tons of history. And when when Phoenix Hill closed, I saw posts from like Nikki Six and all kinds of people that were like, I played there when I was younger or I went there and I saw this show. I mean right. Tons, Tons of famous of history. people. Yes. Very, very, But it's not like playing place. the Viper Room. No. Let's be real. No. Okay? So he just acted like the rest of us were complete shit. And but right. now the rest of the band, super nice. Super, super nice. They came and chatted with the bar staff before the show and after the show. And they were like, hey, thanks for being here. Whatever. Right. Super nice guys. But they've been doing this forever. forever. Yeah. And I think this was this dude's first, like big break and he thought his shit didn't stink exactly it's like dude you're singing for a band that's 10 years past his prime calm the fuck down as much as i love them right and i'm not busting their balls either they've done more than i have exactly they've done way fucking more than me but at the same time it's reality now to answer your question as to why i was dancing a second (laughs) ago do you know which fuel show this was because there was a fuel show that heaven hill opened for fuel was it that show i'm going to go with no, okay. only because we weren't as packed as I thought we would be. And if Heaven Hill were opening, we would have been at capacity. Okay. We would have sold out. And I don't think that the show sold out. Okay. I don't think. It was a long time ago, though. This is like 10 years ago that we're talking. This is right. Well, remember, I mean, that was... I've been out of Heaven Hill for nine years. Right. I mean, I could be... I, I could be wrong, but I don't believe so. And, that, and that's okay. The reason I'm asking, I'm not going to leave you or everybody else hanging. We opened for fuel mm-hmm. in the saloon. And I have no filter. I'm not afraid to say shit. But at the same time, 
I'm not rude. I'm not disrespectful. Right. Especially when I'm opening for a national band. I do This it was at- Thanksgiving, if that helps. I remember it being Thanksgiving night. No, we didn't open that show. Okay. That was after. I think they came back a couple of years after. Possibly. We did it. Um, so anyway, the at the time, I was in the middle of my divorce. Mm-hmm. I was not a pleasant fucking human being. Right. I can imagine. So when I got there, and this is a very short story, and I wrote about this in the book, and I will preface this with, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then I will say, I'm sorry again. When we got there... They had pulled the big giant drum riser that was on the stage at the saloon. They pulled it five feet forward because the drummer couldn't be up against the wall. Oh, my God. Now, all my drummer buddies that listen to my show, you guys remember how big that riser is. Plenty of room. So I had nowhere to sit. I had nowhere to set up my rig. So I ended up sitting, setting up side stage on stage right. Mm -hmm. And I was facing the length of the stage. So my... To my immediate right was the crowd or was the room. So I was already pissed. Then right underneath me was Guitar Central. That's where the guitar tech had set up all his guitars. So I'm pissed and I'm annoyed and I'm, I'm going through all the, the personal shit I'm going through. So Chuck and I think it might have even been Chris, they, they told me to go take a walk. And I did. I calmed down. I went and got a coffee. Coffee always makes me happy. And I was fine. So when I get back, some douchebag that worked for the band, it wasn't anybody in the band. So I'm not throwing those guys under the bus. Mm-hmm. But some douchebag that worked for the band walks up to me and he goes, whatever you do, don't fucking touch Tommy's drums. Now, mind you, his shit's on a, underneath a very big cover. I couldn't even see him if I wanted to, first of all. Second of all, why the fuck would I go touch another drummer's drums? Right. That's Hey, here's That's my wife. Like you want to touch her? No, you don't do that shit. Etiquette. Right. And he said, he looked at me after he said that, and he goes, be careful what you do when you're up there playing because Guitar Central is right below you. Or something like that. So by this time, I'm fucking livid. I'm so fucking mad, I can't see straight. We start the show. Saloon's packed. You couldn't get another person in there with a fucking shoehorn. And those that remember Heaven Hill, I used to start every show at the first song, Big Giant Water Spray. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Mm Mm-hmm. 12-year-old kicked in, and I immediately (laughs) turned my head to the left, and I sprayed water all over Tommy's drums. Oops. I'm sorry. And then the second song, I did it again. I'm sorry. And then the third or fourth time I did it, I snapped my head back as far as I could, and I spit backwards, and it all landed on their guitars. I'm sorry. Fast forward to the end of the show. uh, The end of our show, we're getting our shit. And I see two big motherfuckers coming right at me. And I'm freaking out. But thankfully, we were the hometown boys. Mm-hmm. Phoenix Hill staff had our back mm-hmm. and got me the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, I'm sorry. It was a douche move. I admit it. But it's still fucking funny. It was a little petty. It was a little, but it, I totally it, get it. It was very petty. Yeah. Was, petty I, I shouldn't I have understand. done it. I completely shouldn't have done it. <laughs> still fucking funny, but I shouldn't have done it. But yes, those... They're, The guys in the band never dealt with them, Mm -hmm. so I'm sure they were really cool. It was everybody that worked for them that were fucking total douchebags. I can see that. Now that you say something, there was always a manager or somebody that was... Ugh. It's always the fucking tour managers that are douchebags. So particular. I'm like, I don't know who or where you think you are, but that's not going to happen. So while you were telling that story, (laughs) I did think about the time Courtney Love played at Phoenix Hill. She's nothing but a hole. Nothing but a hole. You're welcome. (laughs) So she requested 
for the air conditioning to be turned off during her show because it's bad for her throat. It was August, and you know how hot that building could get anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit was brutal. So bad. And when those fire doors were open for any length of time when they were loading in, it just got hot. Oh, yeah. And then behind the bar, we've got all the, the coolers that are just exerting all kinds of heat. Yep. So you could have the AC on 50, and we would still be hot back there. Oh, yeah. And then she Sweated requested. many nights in there. <laughs> she actually didn't want us to serve alcohol during the show because she didn't want to hear any clinking or have anybody distracted from her show. To which Frankie was like, no, we'll turn the AC off for you. But the bartenders are going to serve alcohol because that's how we make money. So that's wow. how they make money. She really is nothing but a hole. And... Maybe it's just me. I am not a fan of her music. Maybe it's because I was so hot <laughs> and sweating all night. I didn't enjoy any of it. That's that's pretty shitty. Yeah. It was just so stupid. Just yeah, that's, so that's stupid. beyond stupid. Like, again, you're playing in a bar in right. Kentucky. Yeah. And I love Phoenix Hill. I will defend it. I mean, I have. Right. I've gotten in many a Facebook argument. <laughs> Over Phoenix Hill, but you know, there's just it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Reality is reality. Yep. You can total 12 year old statement, you can polish a turd and you can gold plate that motherfucker, but it's still a turd. Period. And it's not a slam on Phoenix Hill. Mm-hmm. I love, I had a love hate relationship with Phoenix Hill. The mm-hmm. only thing I hated about it was playing till 3 30 in the fucking morning. Yeah. Because nobody stays out that late. Not anymore. No. I mean, we, I think out of all the times I did that, maybe twice it stayed packed. Mm-hmm. But no. And usually a holiday weekend. Yeah. But 2, 2.30, that's already pushing it. I mean, everything we do now, everything I book now, I'm done at 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. You don't, oh, we can't stop at 1? Not playing your bar. Have a nice day. Right. No, it's just, it's, everything's changed. Um. But yeah, as, as far as Phoenix Hill is the place, oh, I'm, I'm with you. I'll defend it. I had my love-hate relationship, like I said. I did but, too. You know, working there for so long, I they were definitely, just as an employee, you're like, oh, I just don't want to work here. But you know, the, the reason why people think that I was a manager there or a head bartender, which I never was. Right. I, um, so my dad is a musician. I don't know if you know that. And he... I, that rings a bell. I think he did tell me that. Maybe. But shitty memory. He, um... He plays out, you know, in town and he's got bands and his friends are out partying till 4 a.m. And we're all like, <laughs> me and my friends are in bed at 1030 on a Saturday night, you know. But my dad grew up here and right. he always had a very strong connection to Louisville. Right. And we, I'm not from here. Um, I did a lot of my growing up in Memphis, Tennessee. I was born in Missouri and then came here in 2000. Gotcha. When my parents came here. And I am not a musician. And I really wish that my parents had kind of forced me to learn something. But looking back, I understand that there is money constraints and things like that. So I have a connection to music, just not the same sort of connection that a musician would have. I have more of, I think, of an emotional thing. But my dad has always loved Louisville. Right. So when I came back here, I was like, well, I've got to find a way to To be in the scene. Right. Right. And have my own like oh I always love Louisville even if I'm I move I'm always going to have a place in my heart for that place right and working at Phoenix Hill kind of gave me that 
meeting all of these musicians and being friends with these musicians and kind of connecting with everybody right has kind of given me that same connection and now i meet my parents friends who still play out and there's a couple of them that know some of the musicians that i know because 25 years ago they all played in a band together right and now it's all kind of come full circle with like my dad and his connection well what what band is your dad in he plays in a couple of bands. Uh, one of them is called Reminiscing. He plays with the guy that he used to play with way back in the day. Nice. Um, and then the other one is Uptown Band. And they've played. That they played at, at Jim Porter's a couple of times, but they also don't like to play till four a.m. So right. They <laughs> they they Dude, do wineries and stuff like that now. Um, well, what's your dad's name? Steve Meyer. What's up, Steve? Hey, Meyer. Dad. How you doing? Um, hey, but, Robin's dad. <laughs> and he used to play in a band at uh, called Leaves of Autumn. was probably his most famous one. That and rings it, a bell. There's a couple other ones that I, I don't remember. Um, but anyway, he played at the Toy Tiger. So he's got that Toy Tiger that everybody else has. Gotcha. The Tiger closed the year that I moved here, and I was 18. I would like I you here. to repeat that, that the Tiger closed. Please say that again. The Tiger has closed. Oh, damn it. I know, right? Pet peeve of mine, because I'm not from here, I don't give a shit. It's fucking gone. I never got Let to go there go. either. But dad played there all the time. <sighs> and so did almost everybody else that we know. Right. Um, and what I mean by that, let me clarify really fast. Live in it. Remember it. Have the memory of it. But stop trying to bring it back. It's, it's like not Phoenix coming back. Phoenix Hill for us. Yeah. Phoenix Hill will be my toy tiger. Yeah. I it, will always love it. Always love it. Always remember it. But please stop trying to petition to bring it back. Yeah. Because if you do and you succeed. It won't be the same. It's not going to be the same. At all. It never will. Because the venue's gone. And it's that's gone. what you that's what people are connected with. You probably don't remember this, but Tark Bus, we had our, our certain things that we would do every night. And, mm. and Dave would always go on this rant about the toy tiger on stage. And I'd always interrupt him and he'd go, oh, yeah, I bought cigarettes there the other day. Because <laughs> it's a Thornton's in case you fuckers didn't know. It is indeed. And if you want to get mad, if anybody, not you specifically, but if any of you want to get mad at me, go ahead. I don't care. Bars come and go. It sucks. It's unfortunate. But you can't try to resurrect them because it's never going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Hold it dear. absolutely. fucking lootly. Mm. Love Lots it. Lots of memories. Absolutely. The I, memories you had there, absolutely. I would not, but it's not know coming back. Most of the people that I know. And I was thinking about this the other day in preparation for this. I was thinking about all of the people that I know and that I talk to regularly and hang out with. Right. They all are in my life because of Phoenix Hill. Absolutely. I met my boyfriend, Steve, at Phoenix Hill. I was his bartender. Nice. I, I didn't even know that. Would not have him, obviously. Right. I would not have you. Oh. I would not have Stacy. Right. You know, I wouldn't have probably 90% of the people that I am connected with and make me who I am came from that place. Right. I will always love that. And, I and will always love that. And that's but, awesome. And I'm the same way. I mean, I met the whole fucking city through that building. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And I love it now. But what I'm getting at is stop trying to rebuild it. Right. It's not going to happen. It's over. No matter how much you want it to. Build something new. Try something different. Try something new. I'm all for that. Mm -hmm. But trying to resurrect a toy tiger or a phoenix, it's not going to fucking happen. Mm -hmm. It's just not. It's reality. Get mad at me all you want, people. I don't care. It's done. It is done. So, that's done, too. (laughs) Who are some of the best bands you got to deal with? Okay. 
So let's be happy before I get cranky. There is one band that I was actually not excited to work. I didn't. I was like, I honestly had never heard any of their music, and mm-hmm. I never tried. I read a description because I didn't know who they were, and I was like, oh, God, this is gonna be another stupid metal band. <laughs> I personally, I just can't, I can't with the metal. It's just not my thing. I get it. It's fine. I just couldn't. So I was not excited about it. I had no expectations for it. I want to say this was a a Thanksgiving show as well. Power Man 5000. Great band. Blew my mind. Great band. Blew my mind. And I was like, not only, and this was another cool thing about working there, is not only am I making money and watching this incredible band, but I get to watch this band for free. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's one of the, I just, I was blown away. I was blown away by their presence. Right. By their talent. By the songs themselves. I think I they mean, were one of the most underrated bands of that genre. Absolutely. That band was fucking phenomenal. So, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, briefly spoke with, I don't know, most of the members. I, I'm I, when they come up to the bar and we're so busy, it's really hard to be like, oh my God, thank you so much for coming. It was really great right. to have you. I really enjoyed that show. Right. And I personally tried to do that as much as I could, but right. you know, I was working. So, um, but that band really, I am going to look at my notes now because I think there was another one. Um, Fuel, again, going back, they did put on a good show. I was just super disappointed. Um, in Douchebag Singer. In Douchebag Singer. Um Okay, I think that's the only one I put on there. That was <laughs> like just one of the most surprising. Right. Um, Augustana actually played at Jim Porter's. And I sort of, from my standpoint, consider them the same when it comes to things like that. Um, Phoenix Hill and Jim Porter's. They played over there. Right. And I went to that show. And they, I've always liked that band. They had that hit Boston, right? Yes. I love that song. Love that song. Loved that whole album. And I, think they were, I, I think I have that record. I, I did too, and I lost it when I moved to Germany. My, I think my sister kept all my CDs that I took over there and just trying to say that she didn't. Um, sisters do that. Sisters do that. She I tried to keep to all Germany. of my I did. I did. Um, in two th- January of 2010, came back in April of 2011. Huh. Look at that shit. Yeah. Do you like it over there? I loved it. Yeah. I would totally move back if I could. Food's amazing. So amazing. My sister and her family just moved back in December, and I am so excited to go visit. Nice. All the times that I can. I never talk about it because, just because she's my ex, but my ex-wife is from Germany. Her whole family's from Germany. Oh, really? And her mom used to cook really, really good food. Not good for the waistline. That's a happy memory, so Mm -hmm. we won't talk about the rest of this shit, but that's how I know the food's good, because she, I mean, she would go out of her fucking way to get shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, this is, no, 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 I gotta have that one. Yes. So it's, yeah, their yes. food is amazing. The food's amazing. The whole culture is amazing. Yeah. I, I love European culture. Oh, me too. What I was going to tell you when you were talking about Jim Porter's and Augustana is I've never, not one time, stepped foot in Jim Porter's. Stop it. I've never been there. Oh, I love Jim Porter's too. I, I am more connected to Phoenix Hill, mm-hmm. but I worked at Jim Porter's a ton. Right. I mean, a ton. And never I, been in there. It's, it was almost like a, I mean, decoration wise, it looked the same right. as Phoenix Hill, but it had a, just a different vibe. I just loved it over there. The funny part about that, the reason I bring it up is because I forget about it sometimes until somebody says something about Jim Porter's and I went, oh, oh yeah, I've never been there. There was probably six or seven shows that were at Jim Porter's that I couldn't go to because I was gigging. Mm-hmm. 
And I think half of those I was at Phoenix Hill. Oh, probably. So I was like, fuck. Mm -hmm. I just kind of got shitted. And I don't remember any of the shows, so don't ask me. But I just, every now and then I I remember, oh, yeah, I never even saw the inside of Jim Porter's. Right. I worked at Porter's a lot on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. For some reason, um, Dennis was the manager over there. And well, one of them. And he was almost always short on Saturdays. And it got to a point where I would just put my Jim Porter's clothes in my car on my way to work. On Saturdays at Phoenix Hill, because <laughs> almost always they'd be like, hey, do you want to go to Porter's? Because nobody else wanted to go. And I'm like, you don't know what you're missing. Right. Saturday nights are money over there. And I do a lot of standing around and I make money because most of the people are like, oh, I want Dennis to make my drink. And I'm like, OK, OK, cool. Cool. He's a, do it. And I'm just <laughs> going to make that tip, too. You know, and it was just a completely different vibe. I, I loved it over there. I loved working over there. Yeah, it's it's one of those weird things. I yeah. just never made it in there. That's that's a shame. It is. I would have liked to have seen it. I mean, I saw obviously I've seen pictures and right. some video from shows and stuff. Um, all right, give me one more that was really cool to work with. Um, oh, do you remember that band Rehab? Vaguely. Okay, I cannot right now, of course, remember the one hit song that they had. Oh wait, was it called Bartender? It may have been. Anyway, Possibly. they played at Phoenix Hill two or three times. And during their first show, um, the, their crew is setting up their stuff. And all the, the band members are sitting at the bar while um, this girl, Tamara, and I are opening. And they're super, super nice. They're all on their laptops doing their thing and just kind of chilling. And they're drinking waters and sodas and really, really nice guys. Right. And, um, you know, chit-chatting with us. No big deal. And then... The show was amazing, and I really only knew that one song that was a hit at the time. But I can't remember the hit either. I really, I kind of think it was called Bartender. It might have been, and that was like it was, it was fun. It was definitely a redneck song, but it was, <laughs> it was a fun song. But they were really, really nice. But I, every time I think about them, I think about that particular day because my mom called to tell me my dog had died. Oh, so I'm standing there and I'm like, oh my God, my dog just died. And they were all like, oh my gosh, can, can I give you a hug? Can you, oh. come here? let me give you a hug. So all these guys, I mean, these is big, you know, just redneck burly looking dudes are like, oh my gosh, your dog just died. Just, I just really want to give you a hug right now. Aww. Are you sure you're okay? And I'm like, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> be fine. <laughs> and, and that's what I think about every time I think about rehab was that, that night that they were just so nice. And it was surprising right. that they're not like, oh, man, sorry about your dog. They were like genuinely concerned. Right. Are you going to be okay? <laughs> I was like, that's yeah, cool. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's going to be fine. That's I'm cool, fine. though. That's, that's <laughs> definitely cool. That is very, very cool. I also wanted to mention, and I meant to mention this earlier when we started this, that this um, bar star mm-hmm. could not be more accurate for what you call local musicians. Oh, thanks. Because as bartenders and other bar staff, mm-hmm. we are genuinely sober most of the time. Most of the time. And um, I can't tell you how many times I would talk to Chuck or Steve Clark or whoever. And some girl would be like, oh, my God, do you know him? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know him. Duh. Is he seeing anybody? Is he married? Oh my God. I can't believe. Can you introduce me to him? And I'm like, no, just walk up. He's just a dude. He's just a dude. We're just dudes. I see him 
like once a week. What are you talking about? And it was just, I think about it now when we would laugh sometimes when right. they, like most of the crowd is genuinely like, oh my God, I love this band and they are unattainable. And I'm right. like, no, actually, I'm probably going to have to give that one a ride home later because it's wasted. <laughs> you know, these are just regular people, as talented as they are, and as much as I have fun hanging out with them, they're just regular people. Well, and Do I, you want to drive them home? Because I don't want it. <laughs> Motherfucker lives way out in the boonies. Yeah. You take his ass home. I, exactly. I saved me the gas money. Um, it, It's funny because... And I take credit, but I don't take credit because I don't think I'm the first one to ever say it. I'm just the first one that I know of to use it as much as I do. Mm-hmm. But that's that's what we do. It's what mm-hmm. we are. There's, if you look at celebrity culture, and I'm not getting on a soapbox, it's just an example. If you look at celebrity culture and you think about how people worship celebrities and all this bullshit, why? Right. Why do they really do it? They do it because that celebrity can do something that you cannot. Right. That's really what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. I've never really been into the whole celebrity worship kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I get there's people that I hold very, very high because I'm super in awe and respectful of what they do. Right. Um, there's even a few actors. I got to meet a couple mm-hmm. actors and I, um, I, I just, wow, you're, I cannot believe this is you because right. your character is so fucking cool and you're nothing like that. Right. <laughs> so it's it's interesting how they can just completely change who and what they are. But what I'm getting at is I think there's... This psychological switch in people's head when they see somebody on stage. Mm-hmm. For example, I'll use me because I'm not going to speak for anybody else. I'm, I would never ever say I'm ugly, but I'm not Mr. GQ. But when I'm on stage, I'm 10 times hotter than any fucking guy in the room. I lost count of how many ladies I had to <laughs> inform of Stacy. <laughs> Whether she was there or not, <laughs> and this, I, I mean, I, I don't even have a count, especially when you start playing in cover bands and you were around more. Right. And there were certain bands that were like, yes, Truck Bus, or yes, Naked Gardens playing tonight, we're going to make some money. Right. Because you did draw that regular crowd. Absolutely. And I literally, I do not know how many times <laughs> you would come up to the bar and some girl was standing there or they had been talking about you and they're like, oh my God, what is his name? And I'm like, Steven. I'm like. He's so hot. And I'm like, that's his girlfriend over there. (laughs) So you can go talk to him, but you ain't getting anywhere. I mean. And and Stacy will appreciate that. I I know she does. I've always loved Stacy. She's amazing. You know, there's so many times that we also had to deal with jealous girlfriends or wives. Oh, right. Stacy obviously was never one of those. No. You know, not outwardly anyway. No. You know, she, she talked about how hard it was to deal with that stuff, but she always did it with grace. And there is there is a certain singer we'll talk about in a, in a little bit when we're done. <laughs> who all had this crazy girlfriend. Oh, I just couldn't stand her because she'd get a couple drink dinner and Oh yeah. And no, I, I was pulling her off of other girls who were just looking at him. Right. Because he's a good-looking man. It comes and, with the territory. And he probably took his shirt off. You know? And it's just just the way it is. But there is... I I could not stand. And, you know, and I think Stacy talked about it, too, that if you can't handle that, don't do it. it no, whether it's you not. don't go out so you don't have to see it or you don't date or marry that person. Right. And there was just so many times when we were like, oh, great. This band is playing. That means so-and-so is coming. And now we have to deal with her ass all night. Right. 
because she gets jealous every time he even glances at a girl because he's on stage performing right now. Right. Well, and, and there's, I mean, like I said, the, the, the whole switch that flips. And I think people completely get it twisted. And you haven't heard it because I haven't posted it yet. But I will go ahead and talk about it now really quick. Dave and I were talking about that on his episode where our job, my job, mm-hmm. is to entertain a room full of people. Right. Whether I've got blood, sweat, and tears in that original music or I'm eating pizza with one hand and playing covers, it doesn't matter. I still have to entertain people at the end of the day. That's right. the goal. Part of my job is to do it well. Right. Part of my job is to make sure they're having fun. Part of my job is to half-ass flirt. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm doing all those things, those people that are in that room are spending money. Yep. You're making money. The bar's making money. The band's making money. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking business. Right. It's no different than if you go, if you're with a chick who has a very large boobs mm-hmm. and she's walking around in a tank top, she's going to get hit on. Yep. You can't get mad. Nope. If she's a bartender... And she makes 30% more per shift because she wears a tank top. You can't get mad. Nope. Comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. And there there are people, I believe, my opinion, there are people that just can't fucking separate they that. They can't. They just they cannot get it through their head. And what Stacy was talking about, it took her a while to get used to it because she had never been in it. Right. And then once she figured it out, she went, oh, well, fuck. This. Okay, it is what it is. Right. Nothing's going on. Mm-hmm. It comes with the territory. But it it's always baffled me, the people that can... And I'm talking about guys and girls. Oh, yeah. I'm not just talking about girls. Oh, I've seen girls, many a jealous guy in there. Yeah. Almost way worse to deal with because, I mean, like an angry man... Try, guy fights are scary. Oh, yeah. They... I mean, that the strength that comes out of... Is, is scary. Absolutely. But You know many, how I handle guy fights? I throw my wallet at you and I fucking run. Right. <laughs> but I remember, like, you know, jealous boyfriends come Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I'm like, she's making money. Like, who cares if her polo is unbuttoned a little bit? Right. Go away. Yeah, you have bigger <sighs> issues to deal with than what your significant other's yeah. doing. Just go home. Yeah. Go somewhere else. I just don't, don't want to deal with it whatsoever. Okay, before we move on to social media issues, mm-hmm. what did you love and or hate about being there? Okay, so one of my favorite things about working at Phoenix Hill, other than getting to see all these really good national acts. God, you got to see a lot of shows. A lot of shows. And even, again, they oh. all just all merged together and I can't even remember all of them. Right. But one of my favorite things was almost watching the local musicians kind of come into themselves. So there were bands that would start up, I don't even think this is throwing under the bus, I don't know if I should say it or not, but there's a certain singer, when he first started, was just not very good. Right. The band was good, we always had fun, always brought out a good crowd and fun people, and we never had problems, but he just wasn't very good. And then that certain band took a break, and this certain singer became more confident in himself. Right. And when he came back... And started playing at Phoenix Hill again. I remember myself and uh, Ryan Gates, who bartended there, we stood back and we said, do you remember when he wasn't very good? Right. Wow. He has just really come into himself and really realized his own talent. Right. And is just so much more fun now and more confident and more 
it's just better at this point. No, that that's cool when you can see that from the outside because I I talked about that with Jess mm-hmm. watching her the first time I saw her and then watching her grow. That's always cool when you right. can watch any of of whatever it is musician painter artist mm-hmm. magician. Car salesman, doesn't matter. Right. When you can watch somebody grow, that's right. really cool. And even seeing different combinations of the same people, if right. that makes sense. So like when... We're all whores. Right. It's fine. Just, I you mean, there were it. times when I <laughs> was like, I don't even... None of these people are the original people in this band. What is happening? You know, but whatever. But seeing how different combinations of people work better right. than other combinations of people and no that was i get always it fun well I'll, I'll say it because tark bus went through that for a while that oh, was yeah. one of the reasons why we ended it's... and dave and i talked about that on his episode mm-hmm. that you'll hear when i post but that was one of the things we talked about was that's why we ended it mm-hmm. we had all these issues but there were certain combinations of tark bus that were great mm-hmm. there's a few of them that i'll say it because i was in the band they fucking sucked right it just was not good mm-hmm. it it had no ass dave and i pretty much did most of the work right. and i'm not throwing anybody else under the bus by saying that we just had the thing. We it's knew like how to do it. like any other relationship. Absolutely. If you mesh, you mesh. If you don't, yeah. move on. Dave and I meshed perfectly. Mm-hmm. And when we would just put these... So I, I'm going off on a tangent. I get what you're saying. Right. When you watch those combinations happen, it's like, that one was good. That one, not so much. Yeah, like, what is happening with this guy? Like, <laughs> please don't ever bring this one back. But another, another thing I loved was just like, the super random, really fun nights that we would end up having. Right. And one of them, and I don't know if you've ever met these guys, but there's a band that would come from Arizona called Nine Ball. Uh, Richard I've heard Hendricks of them. Never, is a drummer here. Never met and him. he, I think he grew up with the singer Marty or something from Indiana. Right. And at some point, Marty moved to Arizona, and that's where he and his then girlfriend, now wife, would come, and they would usually bring a bass player with them. And then Richard Hendricks was their drummer here. Gotcha. Super, super fun. Incredibly talented people. Loved, loved them. Um, that band actually introduced me to King's X. I never really, oh, that's another really good band that played at Phoenix Hill that oh, I got yeah. to work. That oh, was wow. a really incredible show. We'll talk about that in a minute. But anyway, there was a random night when I don't know what had happened What upstairs. happened was. What had happened was. I don't know what happened upstairs. Something happened with the Roof Garden Band. They didn't show or they walked out. I don't know. Right. But Strumbeat was playing in the tap room. So because of whatever happened in the Roof Garden um, that was just dead upstairs and they let them quit early. Well, <laughs> I also got off a little bit early and so did um, another friend of mine, Sarah. And this became one of these nights when you're like, you stand back and you're like, what has happened? First of all, why are we all wasted? Second, why does nobody have pants on on stage right now? It was this kind of night. Strumbeat comes downstairs. They jump on stage with Nineball. At some point, Marty, who's the singer for Nineball, is standing at the bar with me. Carl's up there playing drums, possibly with no pants on. Chip Adams definitely Mm -hmm. has his pants around his ankles. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't even know where Richard was at this point. Well, I don't know if you remember this. I was in Strumbeat for a couple of years. Yes, you were. This was before you, though. Right. But what? But what? the reason I bring that up is because I have seen Carl's and Chip's ass more, more than times. I want to care to admit. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. And Because I can't run. That was Drummer exactly. stuck. 
That was another band that I totally, like, I would switch to be in the tap room so I could work with Strumbeat because, you know, I just, I, I love Strumbeat. And I love Carl and Chip and you. And then I think Ryan Murphy maybe played with them for a little bit. And there was that Chris Wiltmer guy. Yeah. Well, Rex, Rex Owen is your drummer now. And yes, Rex, Rex is Rex. a great drummer. Great dude. Love, love Rex. Yep. They're, I mean, um, they're still playing. Right. Mm-hmm. They're still a great fucking and, uh, band. Of course, you know, Aaron Crane. Incredible. But I don't even know. This particular combination of Strumbeat was definitely Carl and Chip. I would assume maybe Rex. Maybe. Who knows? I, I have no idea. But anyway, they come downstairs because they're like, hey, Roof Garden's dad. We're just going to close the upstairs. Here's your money. Bye-bye. Right. And there were a lot of shots happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off early. It was kind of an off night. You know, I think that maybe the whole... There was something going on in town where we just didn't have a good crowd. Yeah, out. we've played those nights. Then, or I've played those nights. And then we just end up entertaining ourselves right. all night. And it was just so fun. Like, I remember waking up the next day thinking, holy shit, we've never had that much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just so much fun. So I just, I love those random, really fun nights that would just kind of pop up, like, as as a bartender there, whether I was on the clock or not. Right. Um, Most of the time on the clock. But... Just really, really fun nights. They they can't fire you now. It's gone. Exactly. So yeah, most we of the time on the clock. We are done. But what I hated about working there was also dealing with all of those drunk people, of course. Right. Um, drunk, jealous girlfriends and wives and mm. just random people in mm. general. Um, I'm a nanny now. And honestly, what I do now is not that much different than bartending. <laughs> I ask a lot of the same questions. I really do. Where are your shoes? We are in public. Where are your shoes? No, you cannot take your shirt off right now. I lost that one at Phoenix Hill all the time. But talking right. to a two-year-old, please leave your shirt on right now. You know, just it. I really, the conversations just cross over between a two-year-old and That's an intoxicated been, person. Fantastic. <laughs> it's really not too much different now there is a um and i don't talk about memes very much but there was a meme i saw about two weeks ago and it said the two totally honest people Mm -hmm. in the planet are drunks and children yep (laughs) (laughs) so true so true I actually cut off a guy one time because he said he didn't want me to make his drink. He wanted this girl, Stephanie, to make it because she was prettier than me. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, I was like, hey, Steph, guess what this guy just said? And she's, uh, you've probably seen her. She's worked at Phoenix Hill and she works at 4th Street now or did. She's about 5 foot, 80 pounds, maybe. She's a little teeny tiny girl and she will fuck your world up. She was like, I can't believe you just said that. So we cut him off. We were done. We were like, you know what? You're rude. You're done. <laughs> You're out. Not dealing with it. All right. So before we move on to social media issues, mm-hmm. what do you miss the most about um, the OPHT? I miss a lot of things. I miss, um, I miss the connection that everybody had. Right. Um, one of my favorite events, well, two, there's two really fun events that we had. Uh, one was Beatersville. I miss Beatersville. I miss Beatersville. Somebody else is doing Beatersville now, but you it's know it's in, not going to be the same. It's not. I went last year. Oh, okay. um, and I'll go this year because I, I love yeah, Beatersville. I'll probably go too. It was, I mean, it was, it's down in Portland. Um, and where they have it 
is it's it's cool because they kind of shut down this certain part of Portland and forgive me people for not knowing exactly where it is, but you're inside a little city. Right. The way that it's cell set up oh, and it's cool. really cool where you can walk around. But driving in out of there, a little fucking sketchy. Yeah, right. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> a little fucking sketchy. I love Petersville and I also loved the chili cook off, mostly for the same reasons. So we have all of our regulars, right. um, whether it's fellow musicians or just our normal bar regulars that are coming with their families. Right. And that was always really fun. Um, see these, you know, the crazy dancing ladies, teenage kids, you know, it's just <laughs> right. really, really cool. And of course, Phoenix Hill was around for God, 30, 40 years, 30, almost 40 years, years something that like that. I yeah. really should know this. I think it's like 37 or 38 years. So people who quote grew up at Phoenix Hill are now right. bringing their kids. And of course the daytime events were totally different than at night. Oh yeah. You know, it's. Uh, we can see everybody's pretty faces in the daylight, and there is a whole different crowd that would come for that specific event, whether right. it's Petersville or even some of the mom's music events that they had there for a yep. while. Yep. And um, again, the chili cook-off was so much fun, and, and that was a, a different crowd where we always made good money, and we almost never had any problems from anybody. Right. And, and you Most know, again, of the time people that... got their kids and their grandkids there, and it was just a completely different aspect oh, yeah. of our customers. Right. Most of the time when you have those, those, uh, I guess you can call them family events because I can't think of another thing to call them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Most of the time you're not going to get a bunch of shit because there's going to be the one dude that's going to think about it. Right. And his son's going to look at him and he's going to go, shit, I better not. There's, you know, a few like, I'm going to have to cut off a few 20 somethings that were there. Right. It is two o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) I get it. I love to day drink as much as the next person, but let's be for real. Um, and then just, you know, seeing just, oh, it's just different. It was just really, and I really miss those events. And I, I haven't gone to Petersville and I, I probably will this year. Maybe yeah. I'll tag along. Yes, absolutely. I don't know if, if Stacy's off that weekend, but I already know that I will be there. Um, and if you haven't gone since you didn't go last year, go once just to see it. Yeah. Cause they, it's not the same. Right. I'm not saying it's worse or better. Right. It's completely different. Um, but the vibe is still there. Right. Which is, that's really all I give a shit about. Right. The vibe is still there, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it just popped in my head. It's down by the, whatever that art gallery is down there where they have shows sometimes. Melwood? No, 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 no. It's in Portland. Oh. Tim Faulkner Gallery. Oh. Because they have bands in there sometimes. Do they? That's, yeah. And oh. that's where it's kind of located because okay. that's where the bands were playing last year. That's cool. So, I'll it's probably cool. go and maybe see some of, some of my peeps. And that's another thing is I, I never liked for my regulars to follow me on Facebook and be Mm -hmm. Facebook friends because I, there's some people, I did not want them to know what I was doing in my (laughs) off time, you know, some of them look creepy and that, not all of them, but there's tons of people that I never connected with that way that I have no idea where they are now. Right. And it, and I, I missed that. I missed, you know, just little chit chats I'd have with this person or that person. And I miss those people. No, I, I get I miss that. Those, I miss um, the Highlands, like people who lived in the Highlands just vibed off of Phoenix Hill, I feel like. And they just were like, this is... This is our little thing. Right. And this is a um, a staple right. in the Highlands. And I get it. I just, I miss that. I, miss I drive that. by it every day to go to my oh, unfortunate day it? job now. It is, but it's... I it's, mean, it totally looks different now. Like the, yeah. It's not even fucking close. It's weird because I drive by it 
And I think of all the things that have happened on that land. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, or indifferent, it's irrelevant. Right. But the cool part is, I think about all the things that have happened on that land. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, and it's kind of cool because, like, I, I bitched about people trying to bring some the toy tiger back and all that stuff. It's cool because I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I ain't trying to relive it. No. I ain't trying to rebuild the motherfucker. It's not coming back. It's not going to be the same. But I can still appreciate it. And every morning, I drive by and go... I think of a different band I saw there, mm-hmm. or I think of a different show that I played there, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, again, is irrelevant. Right. But I, I every day now, I, since I started my day job, I guess, back in January, so five days a week, I have a different memory, and it's cool, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I'm still going to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. That fucker ain't coming back. Right. Just the leave it alone. first time I drove by, after they started tearing it down, mm-hmm. was hard. Um, we were actually... Me and uh, my friend Jennifer, she also used to work at the Hill, were going to see the Pygmies. Now, most of the people who worked at Phoenix Hill will be like, oh my God, we've seen the Pygmies so many times. <laughs> and I have. I have worked probably, God, I don't know, 15, 20 Pygmy shows, but it's different. The official like number about- of the Bar Star podcast is 47. So you've it- seen 47 Pygmy shows. 47 Pygmy shows. <laughs> easily. <laughs> But working them, and it's a busy, busy show. Oh, you know, yeah. We don't get to like really appreciate what they do. Right. So the first time they played Louisville after the hill closed, they mm-hmm. were at Diamonds in um, the Highlands. Barrett. So Jennifer and I were going there to see them. And we drove by, and she and I are just chit-chatting. I always cut. I turn on Cherokee and cut over Broadway that way versus having to drive down that stretch of Barstown Road where right. it's really crowded. And this was a Saturday night, so I cut there, and we're at the light and start to go over um, Baxter Avenue right there. or right. Yeah, Baxter. Right. And we just stopped. And I slammed on the brakes, and we just stopped right there in front of where our office used to be, the yellow building, mm-hmm. and just sat there. And we just cried. We were like, oh, my God, it's real. <laughs> you know, it's just like that was the first time we saw it. In shambles. Right. At that point, we were like, oh, my God. So then we go see the pygmies. And, of course, they're like, hey, this is probably going to be our new home. And how many people miss Phoenix Hill? And Jennifer and I are just like, oh, my God, we do. Us. Right here. <laughs> you know? It's just. Pick me. Pick me. Pick me. Pick me. Or pick me. Pick me. Uh, oh, high five in the microphone. Nice. So, anyway, I, I do. I do miss that place. I, I miss that, you know, I can't take my nieces and nephew there right you know or my future kid to a some family event there but it is what it is it is and and this is the last shitty thing i'll say for those of you that bitched about it the entire time it was open Mm -hmm. and then when it closed you cried about it fuck you fuck you now let's move on to social media issues All right, what you got for me? What you got from social media issues? What bugs you? What bugs me? Or well, what do you like? Either one. I haven't had a whole lot of likes about... Ah, see what I did there again? I'm on a fucking roll today. Nice. I haven't had a whole lot of likes about social media, but if you have a like, I'll take it. I... But what bugs you? I have a love-hate with social media, like I think most of us do. Mm-hmm. I think I'm more of this... Uh, I call it like a half generation. I just turned 36, so I'm just in that realm where Facebook 
I remember when Facebook was new. Right. So it used to be all about friends and it still is. You know, when I moved to Germany, I would not have been able to keep up with anybody if it wasn't for Facebook. Right. Um, and even now, you know, I get to obviously stay in touch and kind of keep up with people. And it's hard as an adult to well, keep I'm, up with it, your friends. It is. So even if it's just Life like, happens. Right. Even I if it's it. just following somebody on Facebook and commenting here and there like, hey, it seems like you're doing great. Congratulations on the baby. Congratulations on the new band. Like whatever it is. Right. But especially in these times with all these hot button topics, there's a ton that I just cannot deal with. Oh, yeah. And I... Well, you know the three things I want to talk about in this fucking show. Exactly. So (laughs) most of those things, you know, are... It's just hard. It's hard not to get sucked into Facebook arguments. And we talked about earlier how many times... I got into countless arguments defending Phoenix Hill right after it closed. Right. When I'm like, you don't even know. You don't know the story. You don't know anybody that worked there. You don't understand right. what it's like. You know, there was somebody who That's who a good was point. I didn't think about that. Who you was probably did about have to field a lot of that yes, shit. Yes. I got tons of messages. Oh, my God. My inbox was full of people just asking me. And I hadn't worked there full time in like two years at that point. I was right. like... And I knew what happened. Yeah, I, I knew that day when I was like, oh, my God. Like, I saw something. I think I got a news notification about it. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I found out just like everybody else did, just like all the staff did. And there was somebody that was complaining about, oh, now all these bands this weekend don't have a job this weekend. And I'm like, okay. But all of those bands have hundreds of other venues in town that they can book. Right. So... I'm not super worried about that. Like we can still go see all those bands. It's not like Jefferson Tark bus only played at Phoenix Hill and they refused to play anywhere else. (laughs) You know? No, they owned our malls. Exactly. (laughs) So there's a lot of times I have to just be like, you know what? I'm not going to read the comments on whatever it is. I'm not going to get sucked into it. Right. But um, I believe it was David Hoback actually touched on something that I was thinking about the other day. Um, I'm in, I know this kind of sounds weird, but nannying is a thing and it's an industry and there are Facebook groups for it. And is that like real nannying or some kind of weird taboo shit? Real nannying. Okay, good. Creeper. <gasps> yeah, did I said it. Did you just call me a creeper on my own show? I did. Because you were thinking creepy things. I'm not thinking creepy things. I'm just a provert. Creeper. I'm really good at what I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. I'm not a creeper. This girl. Just have asked creeper for suggestions. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. This girl asked for suggestions in her particular situation. Um, the mother works third shift. Right. So she wants her baby to be up during that time so that the baby sleeps during the day when she sleeps. Right. Not my first parenting choice, but I don't work third shift right. and have a toddler at home. Right. Is the baby safe? Sure. Is he fed? Is he learning? Is he growing? That's all that really matters. Fair enough. So this woman is like, hey, we obviously can't go out and do things at midnight. So what are some suggestions that I can do with this toddler at the house? That thread turned into that mother needs to be investigated by CPS. I what? can't believe that mother is doing this to this child. That's not what she's looking for. <laughs> she's looking for games and developmental activities that she right. can do when she is stuck in a house overnight. Or as Dave and I said on that episode, that's not what the fuck I asked that's you. That's not what I asked you. And that <laughs> bothers me more than well, a lot you, of other things. Well, you know, you know, mm-hmm. 
everybody is right. Oh, yeah, everybody. And everybody has an opinion. Yeah. And their opinion is right. Yeah, totally. And your right. opinion is shit. Yeah, it's stupid. You know this, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, I just want to make sure we're clear. What could I possibly know? I know. Yeah. What could you know? Could, you don't know anything. I don't know anything. I don't know shit. I don't know anything about what I do for 50 hours a week, so, God. you know, there's that. But that's one thing. And, of course, <laughs> the bashing and right. constant bullying. And I think it's been talked about on every episode. Things that you would it, never say to somebody's face. Absolutely. That you say. And I have no qualms being like, you remember that one time you commented this on my Facebook status? Like, I'm still mad about that. Because that has become real. Right. That's become, that's how everybody communicates. It is. And I think, and and eventually... People are going to start sending me nasty grams and I don't care. Maybe you need a fucking hammer in the head to, to get the point across. Right. Stop bashing shit. It's not Stop necessary. being negative. It, listen, Stacy accuses, well, she doesn't as much as she used to. She used to accuse me of being a negative person mm-hmm. and I was a pessimist. And I said, no, I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. Mm-hmm. I'll call you on your bullshit. Right. The difference between me and most people, I will literally, <laughs> that's two, I'm done, call you. On the phone, on your bullshit. Right. I'm not going to fucking type something. Right. That's, why would I do that? I know how to communicate with people. Right. And I think, again, beat a dead horse, that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows how to communicate. No. They just don't. Mm-mm. It's not fucking hard. No. I'm looking at your face. Exactly. We're having a conversation. What's so hard about it? Just be nice. Well, yes, just be, be nice. nice. Or the other thing, if you have an opinion... Awesome. You don't have to start World War 17 because of it. Mm-mm. You have an opinion. You disagree. You agree to disagree. And you move on. Exactly. It ain't hard. No. I throw him under the bus every show because now it's fun for me. <laughs> My buddy Todd. I love Todd dearly. He knows I love him. But he drives me nuts. We will have... So many disagreements, mm-hmm. but he's still one of my best friends. Exactly. I'm still one of his. He disagrees with a lot of shit that comes out of the hole in my face. But the point I'm making is it's okay. Right. That doesn't mean you have to dislike that person. No, we're not plotting how to that... kill each other. Exactly. It's fucking dumb. Just, just be nice. <sighs> it's just, it's getting bad. And that is how, I mean, that's a public forum. So if you're going to say something to someone on a thread on Facebook, Hundreds of people can see that, and you have now started a war, or called mm-hmm. somebody out, or mm-hmm. called somebody a bitch for no reason, basically in public. Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't care. I'm, obviously, you're not physically standing in the middle of a bar, but you may as well be. People just don't see it that way. People think that that phone screen or that computer screen are, is a shield, and it's just really not. Anymore. No, it's not. It's it kind of baffles me because one of the things that I'm very good at that people may or may not know, people that are very close to me know, I am an observant, observant motherfucker. Mm -hmm. You are nodding your head yes because Mm -hmm. you know this about me. I notice shit that most people don't notice. Mm -hmm. And what amuses me to no end is people that get called out however long ago the thread or the post or the comment was, and they will deny it with every fiber of their being. Mm -hmm. Even when they're proven wrong. Right. They deny it. You just made yourself an even bigger asshole. Right. You know, I mean, this happened to Own me. It. Where I've said something or posted something and someone's like, actually, this is what it is. I'm like, oh, okay. Right. Cool. I had no idea. Right. Thank you for correcting me, especially on a big political or racial issue or something like that. Right. Thank you for correcting me. That's fine. And, and again, 
to beat a dead horse. There's nothing wrong with not being right. There's nothing wrong the with not it. knowing. There's nothing wrong. And by the way, another public service announcement. Please, fuckers, learn to use the word ignorant. Oh, my God. Please learn to use that word. Because and a few other words, honestly. Yes, but that one especially. You don't know. Ignorant. No, that person's just a fucking dumbass. Right. Ignorance is the lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's the definition of the fucking word. Right. If you're ignorant to something, you just don't you just know. You haven't been educated. You haven't been educated. Mm-hmm. That's a completely different thing than being an arrogant, stupid idiot at the same time. Right. Because you're 100% sure you're right. Not fucker, you're wrong. Exactly. I think that's going to be it for social media issues. I agree. I think we should move the fuck on. We are moving on. High five in a microphone. Yes. They get better every time. They do. <laughs> they do. So let's move on to stories from the stage. Yeah. All right. So because you're not a musician and because you've never, well, in an official capacity been on stage... I'm going to do to you what I did to my amazing wife. That sounds kinky, didn't it? <laughs> Should I rephrase that? Nah, nah leave fuck it. it. Leave it. <laughs> Give me one of your favorite shows that you've ever seen. Okay. And one of your worst shows that you've ever seen. So we'll start with the favorite. Okay. One of my favorite, favorite shows. And you can't say Power Man 5000 because you already said that. I did. They were the biggest surprise. They were, yes. That was totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, I, years ago, I mean, maybe 10, 12 years ago, saw Keith Urban and I was blown away. Keith Urban was kind of newish. Um had just had like a couple of big songs really that kind of put him on the map. Right. And I had already, you know, bought an album and knew all the other songs and whatnot. But when I went to see him and his band live and his band is really good. Uh-huh. I went with um this guy friend of mine Chris and at the end of it he was like, "Did you not have a good time. And I was like, no, I had an amazing time. And he said, well, you weren't really singing along. And I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't slack stop. Jawed. I, yes, I you couldn't stop just watching how amazingly talented Keith Urban is. Mm-hmm. And again, his band was so good. Oh yeah. And the presence was so good. And I was like, I can't wait to do this again. Well, you're not going to get an argument go, out of me. You already heard, I, you know yes, what I think about him. Just, just amazing. I just, and that's, there's many, like I'm a Garth Brooks fan. And of course he puts on a great show. Right. And he's very talented. But I think music, musically maybe, or lyrically, Keith Urban is a little bit more talented. And I think he writes more than Garth Brooks does. I could be totally wrong, but. I don't really have an opinion on that either way. But I think one of the things that makes, my opinion, I think one of the things that makes Keith Urban so special, so to speak, is he's such a good guitar player mm, and he's so, so good. tasty so good I, to me yes. and my guitar player friends will probably blow my phone up and, no. go, nah, 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 and i don't really I care totally agree and anybody that i i've said the same thing mm-hmm. um i can't remember what that is it Pladia or something that concert channel Palladia. yes it's I now saw one mtv owns it now fyi Ugh. they rechange they change the name or something anyway go ahead. i saw one with John Mayer and Keith Urban. That, my dear, was called Crossroads. Yes. And you probably forgot because it was one of my very, very first episodes. I left that on my DVR for like six months. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I sat there in my living room. I watched room, that once like, a week. With my mouth just open. And I, mm-hmm. and I don't, I am not, I will admit it, not a huge John Mayer fan. Oh, I am. I Huge John Mayer fan. 
like he's a fantastic guitar player mm-hmm. and that boy can jam but his songs bore the shit out of me and that's fine and there I mean, there's a handful there's a couple that i'm like oh this is really good but generally i don't enjoy no listening. and that's that's cool unless I get he's it. doing something else like jamming with keith urban right and i too left that on my dvr like i it was probably midway through when i happened to find it and i was like pushing the button <laughs> you like, couldn't this push the record button fast amazing. enough amazing yeah i'm just just amazing. That and shit blew my mind. When I think about, anytime I think about favorite shows, Keith Urban is always the first one. Um, and I've seen Motley Crue and 6am on the same bill. And that was pretty amazing. You got to go to that show? Yeah. I hate you. Yeah, I did. I missed that show. I've got to see 6am live. Mm-hmm. Very, very happy to say that. By the way, Nikki, if you need a drummer, I'm available. <laughs> um, but I didn't get to go to that tour. I wanted to see 6am and Motley Crue. But yeah. I saw 6am open for... Shine Down and Shine Down open for Five Finger. I love Shine um, Down. And I have a lot to respect for Five Finger Death Punch, but we we split. Yeah. It was just too much for me. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I'm finally fucking old or if mm. I just don't care anymore. Yeah. I think it's a combination. Shine Down was great. Shine Down's always I great. love Shine Down. Yeah. They're, they're, oh, I love Shine Down. And you heard Barry, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Fine. Yeah. Here you go, Stacy. You can have him. I don't <laughs> give a shit. I get his drums. <laughs> Okay, what's one of the worst shows you've ever seen? Um, as much as I love this band recorded, they were terrible. I worked, I was super excited to see Chevelle at Phoenix Hill. Mm-hmm. Super excited to work them. They were terrible. Really? And it was like the heartbreaking kind of disappointment. Like we're, <laughs> You're so excited and you've loved this band for so long and you've never been able to see them live. No, I get it. I get it. And I'm like... I've seen some shows like that in my oh, day. Oh, they just... Hell, I fucking played a couple of shows like that. Like, they just... They just... Their harmonies are what I've always loved about Chevelle. hmm And it just wasn't happening that night. And I don't know if it was an off night for them. Could have been. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to defend them or not defend them. Right. I don't know because I've never seen them. That was the first time I had seen them. I've heard people say... It's about 50-50 now that I think about it. Yeah. Some people say they're great. Some people say they're I've terrible. I've heard the same thing. I and, don't really know. Um, I think it was maybe Brian Daniels that w- used to run sound there. Never heard of and, him. And um, <laughs> he, I think he and I were talking about it and he kind of said the same thing. He said, I've seen them right. several times And Brian would definitely know. Right. And he's like, it's been half and half. And he said, this is probably the worst I've ever seen them. So, And I was so disappointed. And that uh, just so disappointed because I, lo- I I still love Chevelle. Right. I still do. Total squirrel moment. Chevelle, mm-hmm. when you brought up Chevelle, made me remember I saw um, Theory of a Dead Man. Oh, I love them too. I, I was never, I'm still not a huge fan of their mm-hmm. music, but their show, super impressed. Oh, they yeah. fucking killed it. Very, very good. I imagine. I've squirrel seen them like, on Sorry. TV. I've never been able to see them live. Well, we were, uh, it was when Stacy took me to her 147th fucking Three Doors Down show. <laughs> I love you guys in Three Doors Down, but I really don't want to see you play anymore because of my wife. Uh, but they opened for Three Doors Down at, at the venue we were talking about, mm-hmm. the Point of the Woods. Fucking killed it. Great show. I've, I've heard nothing but great things about that band. And I, I think they should have been a little bit bigger, personally. I think so, too. I think Chevelle should have, too, though, having said that. Yeah, and but I feel like they, they were big in like the late 90s. Yeah, they had a couple and hits, so they were doing... They're not... They kind of drowned with everybody that kind of came up in the right. 2000 and 2001 kind of... Time frame. Yeah, the end of the 90s and the beginning of the 2000s was weird for music. Yeah. It was just bizarre. Yeah, it really Kind of like I think the 
end of the 80s and the beginning of the 90s was weird too. Mm-hmm. And I talked about it on Jess episode. It's not because hair metal went out. It's because I think it was because of the production. Yeah. Everybody was changing. Technology was changing. Yes. We were going from physical tapes to computers and people didn't know what the fuck to do and they right. had all this shit and they were like, hey, let's put this out and throw it at the wall. And I think that's why music kind of was weird back mm-hmm. then. I don't know what it is from the late 90s to 2000s because technology was here. Right. It just became upgraded every few months so i don't think i don't know i just it's bizarre 90s music is a little more raw and a little more Mm -hmm. you have to have the talent because we can't make it they didn't make it digital they didn't digitally you're talking about 90s or 80s 90s right and like that's when i mean i was born in 82 so my sister is almost eight years older than me so i had her music that i listened to and then of course my parents music right so i had a really good mix growing up of oldies and then 80s and 90s music. Right. And then my own generation's music in that late and 90s what you and 2000s. Gravitated towards, right. And yeah. I will almost always gravitate towards old Matchbox 20. You know, 1997 Matchbox 20. Right. And and I love Matchbox 20. I love everything that they do. But those first couple albums were probably my favorite. And it's just, they sound different, I think. And concerts were different. Absolutely. Than, and concerts and, and show. Even... Even smaller shows yes. back then. And even now, like I, I've seen Shine Down three or four times maybe, and it's always in a, a smaller venue kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I almost prefer that versus going to see them at, you know, I don't know, a, a bigger venue where Yum the sound Center. is better almost, you yeah. know, like Yum Center. That's where I saw Exactly. Them. That's because it was that tour, the Five Finger Death Punch tour. And I've, I don't even remember where else I've seen them. I've, I've seen them twice or three times. Uh, the first time I ever saw them was at Rock on the Range. That they do up in Columbus at the soccer stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stacy actually took me to that, or I took it, whatever. We went and um, that was really cool, only because I had VIP. Mm-hmm. I had a hookup, and the only reason I say that is because it's a soccer field. Yeah, I'm too old for that. I'm way too old. for I that I can't shit. do that kind of Mm-mm. festival. No, no, and I love it. I'm glad mu- festivals are happening. Right. I'm glad music festivals are going. But I'm not going to be in the middle of it. No, I just can't do it. Especially in the summer. And I don't like crowds. Yeah. And when I tell people that, they go, well, what? Stop. I'm on stage behind a drum kit. Right. I'm fucking safe. Mm-hmm. Crowds freak me out. If you, besides the fact, and you've heard me talk about it, besides the fact that I'm vertically challenged and I always stay in the back because of sound. Right. I also stay in the back so I'm not in a fucking crowd. Yeah. How many shows have you seen me? At Phoenix Hill, not playing, just going to see. I'm never down front. No, you're just always by the bar. Mm-hmm. Almost always by the bar, mm-hmm. unless I'm in Monitor World. Right. Which is at Phoenix Hill, it was stage left. Right. And the only time I was really in Monitor World was for Carnival because I had to watch a drummer because that dude makes me want to stop playing. <laughs> Guy's so fucking good. I didn't see that one. All right. So I'm throwing myself under the bus. This section is going to sound slightly different because my dumbass forgot to fucking ask you. What are you listening to? That's a great question. So, what are you listening to? Okay. So, I love going back to, um, it almost sounds cliche, but I love old country. Mm-hmm. I love Trisha Yearwood and Reba McIntyre and Faith right. Hill. And I've always loved Faith Hill. I love the emotion that she puts in her songs and you can always feel it. Right. Sing her ass off. Right. In comparison, I do not like the girl from Lady Antebellum because I feel like she sings flat emotional wise. 
Fair enough. She just doesn't. I, she just doesn't do it for me. You know, she, she can carry a tune, but I just don't feel it from her. Right. So, since you and Stacy have been talking about this Angie Apparel guy, right, and I've talked about him a lot, right. <laughs> and this, song, I would apologize, but I'm not sorry. This song called "Cry" mm-hmm. that Faith Hill covered. Right. I had no idea that it was a cover until this. Most people didn't. Yesterday, mm-hmm. I thought. I'm going to give it a try. Just yesterday? Like just literally yesterday. Ever? Literally Sweet. yesterday. Nice. I thought, I'm going to listen to it. I'm just going to I'm gonna check it out. I didn't have expectations one way or another. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do it. Right. So I listened to it. And I was in my car. And I sat. I think I was at Kroger in the parking lot. And did you go like, Krogering? I did. <laughs> I sat there and I listened to it three times. Because I was amazed right. at... A few different things. A few different things went through my head there. Right. Um, one, I thought it was really cool to hear that type of raw emotion and pain from a man. Because I think a lot of men don't like to write or sing or talk about that kind of feeling. Right. I get it. Where women it's easier, more easily play the victim kind of or, you know, whatever. Well, women, and this is not chauvinistic, this is just... Simply fact. Right. As a general whole, women are more emotional than men. Exactly. It, it is what it is. And those songs, that that song Cry, when Faith Hill does it, has always been, I've never been able to sing along with it because I just love to hear her sing it. Right. And it's the same thing when I listened to the original version. Right. From Angie Apparel. I just listened and it was amazing. Right. And then I had even more respect, again, for Faith Hill for doing such a true cover. Right. It sounded... It's pretty, obviously not it's, exactly the same. It's but, pretty close, right? She didn't vary off of it too much, right. and it was really good. There's a there's a um, because I've talked about him and I've seen him so many times. There's a great story he tells when you go see him live about when he when all the whole business deal. He doesn't go into depth about the business deal, but when the deal came that she wanted that song and she wanted to cover it, she wanted him to rewrite the bridge. Because she felt his original bridge was a little too harsh for her fans. And if you go back and listen, compare them, you probably can't think of it off the top of your head. And I can't even either as long as I've been listening to that song. But his bridge and his song is a little shitty. And it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Her bridge is a little fluffy. And it's supposed to be. But the point is, he tells a story and he's (laughs) live. He's going, I write my lyrics on napkins, lady. (laughs) Right. (laughs) can't fucking rewrite this bridge for you but it's it's pretty funny but yeah she did do the song justice yes. and there is a video on youtube where else would it be uh she brings him out on stage in atlanta a few oh, years cool. ago and they sing it together i am not dissing on faith hill she can sing her ass off but there is something about the person that writes the song will oh, always have a better connection for sure he just and that's what he I felt. outshined her at that show. It was Absolutely. amazing. And again, it's not a diss on her at no. all. None whatsoever. It's just the experience. It's his song. Right. He knows that song inside exactly. and out. And that's what I felt like there's, I love both versions and I'll always love Faith Hill's version. And now this is amazing. Right. And I honestly, I've only listened to a couple of songs so far on that album. Right. Because I just keep going back to that. Even on the way here, I listened to it like four times and then finally changed it and i i'm really into um chris stapleton lately too i'm just mm-hmm. that dude is so good so good so good just love him and then but i just keep going back to that and i thought steven and stacy are going to be so proud because <laughs> <laughs> i'll continue like you created a new fan for this guy and i'll continue to nice. learn and 
but I was just so amazed at that particular song because I don't often, there are other songs that I've, I've grew up hearing the cover of it, not realizing and go back. And right. Like, eh. Okay. Yeah. For the instance, original. Eh. Um, Chris Stapleton covers Tennessee whiskey. Mm-hmm. It's David Allen Coe, I believe. Actually, uh, shit. It is a woman. Oh, really? So it's been like that. I that wrote that original. Twice covered. Yeah, I believe so. And I could be wrong, and I'm not going to Google it because I already screwed up this whole section anyway. Right. And I'm going to have to. I'm totally throwing myself under the bus again. I'm going to have to edit the shit out of this one. Well, that's okay. But I, I do know that that song Tennessee Whiskey is old. Yes, it is very old. Very and I old. actually I had Pandora on um, a couple weeks ago in my house. I'm cleaning, and the David Allen Coe version came on right and it was halfway through the song before i realized what i was listening to because it's so different right and i did not enjoy the david allen co version right and i so much more enjoy the way that chris stapleton does it because it's so different right but i appreciate that faith hill did not change that song too much yeah she really didn't she 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 kept it pretty true to the original um time signature is still the same it's Mm -hmm. in three four which is um an uncommon time signature and for the non-musicians going, what the hell does that mean? Think of a waltz. That's three, four. I was raised by a musician. I actually do know what You do is. know, mm-hmm. but a lot of people that listen to the show may not. No. I knew you would know. Mm-hmm. Not only were you raised by a musician, you've seen a million shows. Exactly. Um, but yeah, she, she definitely kept it close to the original. Did you, have you checked out Freeman yet? Yes. Yes. I, I'm not, I don't like Tim McGraw's version at all. And I'm not yeah. slamming him on him. He's a great artist. I, but... And it's not because of Angie's version is better, even though Angie's version is better. Oh, yeah. I just don't like right. his. I like Faith Hill's version of "Cry." Mm-hmm. I like Angie's better, obviously, but I don't like Tim's version of. of I've uh, never Free liked Man. that song. I didn't. Again, did not know that it was Angie's, a cover. Yeah. Right, um, and I've never. You're right. I've never liked that song from Tim McGraw, and I I like Tim McGraw. Do you like Angie's version of it? I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've always tried to. Um, and I'm not saying I'm special. I just believe in certain things. I always try to push artists that I think got a, a shitty break or a shitty deal right. or just should be bigger than they are. Angie's mm-hmm. definitely on the top of my list. That guy should be fucking everywhere. He just should. He's that damn good. Right. Um, there's another band uh, from Atlanta, and I knew of them way before I even dreamt of living in Atlanta. A band called Follow For Now. Good luck finding that shit. <laughs> But do you remember the band uh, Living Color? Yes. Okay. Follow for Now was kind of Living Color before Living Color was Living Color. Mm. They were uh, a five-piece band. They were uh, they were all black dudes from Atlanta, and they did funk metal. They're fucking amazing. And my boy Brian Guest knows exactly what I'm talking about. Because when he found out that I liked Follow for Now, we I think we hugged for about five minutes. Right. We probably held each other and cried a little bit. But they're one of those bands. They, I mean, in in the uh, the guitar player uh, slash singer, I believe his name is David Ryan Harris. Yes, it is. It is David Ryan Harris. He now plays guitar for Richie Sambora's solo band. Really? Yeah. So he got to do some cool stuff. But the point I'm getting at is the deal they signed with Chrysalis Records was so shitty. The guys in the band, especially the singer, David, he could not use his God-given name to perform under for 10 years. That's crazy. They did a tour. They did the record. Then they did a tour. And I'm going way back in my memory trying to remember all this. But they did a record. They did a tour. And nothing came of it. The label dropped them. But the deal was so shitty, they actually couldn't do anything for about 10 years. 
and he was uh, a cook at some restaurant in um, Atlanta, in an area of Atlanta called Five Points. Sucked. But that record, if you can find it, follow for now, amazing fucking record. Awesome. I don't know if you, I mean, you personally, since you're sitting in front of me, if you dig that kind of funk metal, you'll love it. If you don't, you won't like it, but still, it's it's something, appreciate. yeah, you can appreciate it, but it's, I've always been a champion for them, too, because that band is phenomenal. They should have been huge. Right. And I'm not dissing on Living Color. Those guys are right. fucking stupid good. Um, but Follow For Now is one of those other ones that you just go, how did this band not make it? How did this band not be bigger? Right. Same thing about Angie. I just, I will never understand other than he got a shitty deal. Mm-hmm. How he's not bigger. And especially if you go see him live. Oh, I imagine. He's, you can't describe the feeling of your earballs into mm-hmm. your toes, into your soul, how <laughs> fucking good he is. Because as good as he sounds on the records, he's 10 times better live. Oh, I imagine. He just, he kills I, it. I'm not, well, I can't imagine because, I, but I get The it. record's good. <laughs> it's that good. And I'm just, just now learning about mm-hmm. this person. But I get it. Like it. I see where you're coming from. Right. And I didn't even know exactly what type of music it was going to be, but it is my kind of thing. Like that singer songwriting well, with a little bit of band. Like I, I like that. Right. And while, while you're sitting here, because you can be officially somebody who discovered him through me, it's hard to say he's a singer songwriter because I think he's so much more than that. Exactly. Would you agree? Yes. Okay. Totally. Because sometimes when I say shit on the show, I'm like, I don't know if that's fucking right. But well, that's and the way I think I feel. that it, like uh, uh, I have a hard time naming that type of music anyway. I do too. Somebody one time asked me what type of music Augustana is, and I was like, uh, mm. I mean, it's probably classified under adult alternative or something. Probably, but it's I have a hard time naming that. Kind I would of, too, and I end up comparing them to like another artist because i'm like you know so-and-so kind of like that kind of feel yeah and angie apparel kind of falls in that it's a little singer songwriting a little not i don't know let's make a new genre okay adult pop got it i love it high five in the microphone well that's it kids that's the show for the week what do you think that was fun you think it was fun yeah you got anything else you want to add about the old phoenix world being Um, gone I don't think so. Besides the fact that you get the fuck over it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I always have a special place in my heart. It will my always. Life, it my will, life would not be the same if it wasn't for that place. I've said it a hundred times, not on a microphone, but just in passing. And I'll say it on a microphone. It was the first place I ever played in Louisville. Mm-hmm. I mean, Louisville is obviously my home. I've been here 11 years. I'm not going anywhere. And it will always have a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. But let it go. And the flip side, if you were one of the ones that bitched about it, don't cry about it now. Right. Let's just, I already said my fuck yous about that one. <laughs> <laughs> Support your local venues. I agree. Well said. Coming from a non-musician, by the way, which is awesome. This is true. Let's do one last high five in the microphone. Okay. Yes. That's it. I hope you guys learned something. I appreciate you hanging out. And I appreciate you listening to the ramblings of me and the nice talking of a one Miss Robin. Not Rob Ann, fuckers. Except you, Carl. You you get a pass because you're Carl. Make sure you check out my sponsor, Prophecy Inc. And as I say at the end of every episode, go do some shit. Robin, tell him. Go do some shit. Go do something. Go do something. Anything. Even for an hour. See? How could you do that? I went out for an hour last night. You get a lot of shit done in an hour. Pretty fucking happy. 
So until next time, I will talk at you soon.